So I'm a first-time delegate to this year's Synod for the Christian Reformed Church, which is pretty overwhelming because we haven't met for three years and the agenda is massive. And there are some pretty controversial and weighty topics on this year's agenda. So in order to make sure I'm ready and prepared for the gathering, I'm looking for advice from people who have more experience than I do. And since I know there are many other first-time delegates who are feeling the same way I am, I'm recording these conversations so you can prepare for Synod with me. I'm glad they do some training now for, for delegates to Synod. The first time I attended, I was yeah, new to the CRC uh, just for a few years. First time going to Synod, I had no idea how this whole thing worked. And so I had voted uh, against a motion. And then I saw in the rules that you can ask Synod to revise its decision. And so I, I did that. And uh, they said to me, well, did you vote for it or against it? And I said, well, I voted against it. They said, well, you're not allowed to ask Synod to reconsider it if you voted against it already. So I'm like, oh, so then I felt like crawling under my table because mm-hmm. I had just committed a major, a major <laughs> gaffe, you know, a huge uh, uh, procedural blunder. And uh, you know, so I kind of hung my head for a few minutes. Um, but, you know, there, there are some things uh, about that that it's good to know. And that's why, and in case you don't have enough reading already, uh, you can go to the CRC website, search for synodical resources, and you'll find a booklet called Rules for Synodical Procedure. And if you need some good bedtime reading, I'm sure that would be the time <laughs> to do it. But it, uh, it kind of talks about some of those things, uh, just the way the synod is supposed to function, uh, the role of the chairperson, uh, what it means to offer an amendment, things like that. And it is kind of good to get a little refresher on that, uh, even if you kind of know how things work in your classes. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little different at synod. So uh, get acquainted with some of that. And if I had done that, then I would have known not to make that uh, uh, procedural blunder uh, back in my early days at Synod. So I say that not to scare anybody, just yeah. saying be informed. Yeah, be informed. yeah. Are there are there aspects of the the rules of synodical procedure, like particular aspects that you uh, you think are really important for people to come understanding? Um, yeah, I, you know the the whole procedure, uh, the whole thing too about uh, majority minority reports from. Uh, advisory committees, uh, it'd be good to know how that works before you get there. Uh, just also um, the fact, well, I think this one is actually important, especially with some of the topics coming up. Okay, so every synod uh, sort of singles out somebody as being uh, what they call the parliamentarian, mm-hmm. sort of who knows how things are supposed to go in the meeting. And uh, so whoever the chairman is, uh, if the chair of the synod is a pretty good parliamentarian, they may not lean too much on the one who's the designated parliamentarian. But some chair people, they're like, well, I don't know what to do next. So then you turn to that person and they say, well, according to such and such, this is what you should do. And then the chairman will say, well, okay, let's do that. And... um, as a delegate, you might think, oh, okay, so the chairman asked the parliamentarian, the parliamentarian said this, therefore it has to be that way. Well, actually, it doesn't have to be that way. 
And that might be very important this yeah. year because depending on who the parliamentarian is and uh, how much you know technicality is going on and discussions and motions and so forth, um, the parliamentarian uh, themselves might have a certain bias in a, in a certain way and give advice in a certain way. But every delegate uh, has the, the right to uh, say, point of order, mm -hmm. you know, I would challenge that advice and uh, the chair's decision. Now, there you are, you know, lowly delegate from wherever you are, mm -hmm. you know, challenging the chair. That can be a little intimidating. But if you have a good chairperson, uh, the chair will not take that as an attack. The chair knows that's a procedural motion. It's not an attack. And it's a way that you as a delegate can say to the whole body, wait a minute here. We just heard one opinion from the parliament, parliamentarian. Uh, we should hear more than one opinion on this issue. Now, some things are so cut and dried and obvious, you would never even think of challenging the chair on a ruling like that. But uh, it's, you know, it's a procedural thing. Like I said, it's not that you're attacking the chair. Yeah. You're just saying, hold on here. Let's, let's, uh, let's pause and think about the advice that we were just given. If it's good advice, great, but sometimes the advice is not that great. And um, the body has a right, each member of the body has a right to uh, to question it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's funny when uh, we kind of naturally think challenging the chair is like challenging the person themselves. Yeah, you're not challenging them to a duel <laughs> during the next coffee break. Yeah, exactly. You're just... You're challenging the decision you're that was made. You're challenging the ruling. Yeah, the ruling. And... Uh, and boy, I've never been a you know a chair of like synod. I've been a chair of classes meetings and so forth. And and I think we have to give people the benefit of the doubt in the sense that you know they're up there doing their best. They might never have been a chair of synod before too. There's a lot of eyes on them. They're feeling a lot of pressure. And so whatever the parliamentarian says, they're probably going to say, "Oh, okay, let's do that." Uh, so again, it's not an attack on them. It's uh, it's saying let's put the brakes on just a minute and think about this before we go that direction. Yeah. So don't be afraid to say, I challenge the chair. And also don't be surprised if your challenge is overruled. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, that's just part of, part of life in, at Synod, you know. Um, sometimes you, you stick your neck out a little bit for the, the sake of your convictions and what you think is right. And sometimes you might say you're rewarded for that. Sometimes you're, you feel like you're rebuked a little bit. but. Uh, that's it's a deliberative body which yeah. means there's discussion back and forth and uh, especially on the hot button issues um, some people will walk away sad while others are rejoicing mm -hmm. and uh, uh, depending on your perspective and whatever the issue is you'll be doing one or the other yeah some of these on some of the issues yeah, yeah. are there any other particular parts of the rules of synodical procedure uh, that you think are important to remember? I was thinking about this a little bit, so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm kind of glad you asked asked me that. Um, the uh, The church order, you'll find, is uh, a little bit ambiguous in certain areas, mm. which is not helpful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but I guess it has to be. I haven't found a better way. Like, like it says, um, basically, uh, the authority of a synod 
over classes is the same as classes over the local church. Mm -hmm. But in our polity, the, the authority, we believe, is vested in the local church. So what does that mean? So it says it's, it's the same, the one is the same as the other, but it doesn't really say what, what the other is, mm-hmm. you know, exactly. So that's, that's a little confusing. So uh, church order is a good guide, and it's, uh, if we follow it, we'll do things probably decently in good order. I'm just saying there is some ambiguity yeah. in some places. And maybe that's why you have different advice given uh, in different things. At the very end of the church order, uh, there is a, uh, it's the very last article, uh, and it says basically synod has the right to suspend its own rules. Hmm. If it doesn't say it quite like this, but the idea is that if if for the glory of God and the good of the church and to mm-hmm. be faithful to the scriptures, we find that we need to suspend these man-made rules of procedure, synod has the prerogative to do that. Uh, synod doesn't usually do that. Um, but I have been at synods, and I don't remember if I was talking to you about this or someone else, but where you know a question is asked to the parliamentarian, is synod allowed to do this? And uh, a few years ago, uh, the parliamentarian would say, kind of with a twinkle in his eye, he would say, well, actually, a synod can do whatever it believes it needs to do. And then everybody sort of chuckled, ooh, we have more power than we thought we did. <laughs> you know, synod can do whatever it chooses to do. Now, that's not written in the church order, uh, but that is part of the way synods have functioned. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I'm just saying that so that if somebody says, oh, no, 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 synod is not allowed to do a certain thing, and you and your heart believe synod really should do the thing that you've just heard synod may not do, again, don't be afraid to speak up, whether you're saying point of order, uh, whatever, uh, and just say, you know, for the good of the church, the glory of Christ, we just really need to do this. And we can suspend our rules, even the church order says, Yeah, if we have to do that. So I think that's important, uh, especially for first-time delegates, uh, You've never heard this before, maybe. You've never witnessed this before, that type of a thing. Um, so I would say watch for that. Um, don't, don't, don't let synod be sort of boxed in um, by someone saying, we can't do that. Synod has done a lot of things that it technically could not do. Yeah. For better or worse. Yeah. It has. And I think that's in there because we see Scripture as having more authority than our church order. And our confessions have more authority than our church order. Mm-hmm. And so if we feel like our church order is not living up to, or is preventing us from honoring God and the scriptures, um, mm-hmm. we would understand that we could override some church order stuff. We wouldn't want to do that regularly, because that would be no. that then would it, be foolishness then it would be chaos. Free for all. Yeah. But in special circumstances, it makes sense. Right. And uh, another thing, too... Um, we do have built into the church order and the way things work um, kind of a system of checks and balances, which is good. Uh, for example, uh, the church order is the way we have agreed upon to do things. And so uh, Synod 2022, for example, cannot radically change or significantly change part of the church order by itself. It can propose a change 
that would be ratified by next year's yeah. Senate. Okay. And so one thing to watch out too, uh, you know, some people in the past have wanted to change the church order and they didn't want to wait actually for the next year's Senate to ratify something. And so they got creative mm -hmm. and they said, well, we didn't change the church order, but we are proposing a supplement to the church order article under question. And if you'd look at that, you'd say, uh, okay, but the supplement is so contradicts what's in the article itself that really what you've proposed is a substantive change. And I'm just saying this may not happen at this year's synod. But if you see that happening, make a lot of noise. Yeah. And say, you know, this is just not the way we are to do things. Um, we can propose a change, but it takes next year's synod to, to ratify it instead of trying to, um, dare I say, ram it through. Yeah. Well, yeah, because the supplements don't need the ratification. That's right. why it's convenient to kind of go after them because you can get it all done in one right. one shot. So, like I said, this may not happen this year, but kind of watch for that in the back of your mind. And like I said, make some noise. You might be outvoted, but at least you've yeah. spoken your conscience and yeah. stood up for what you thought was important.